to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. Get ready to dive into the extraordinary tale of our friendship and sobriety journey. From the inseparable high school besties we were to the incredible new chapter of Staying Sober Together. Our story is a roller coaster ride of emotions, growth and self-discovery. If you're just joining us, don't worry. You can catch up on all the juicy details if you go right back to the start of season one. We're on a mission to create a vibrant community for individuals embracing a sober lifestyle. Our vision is to shatter stereotypes and prove that a life without alcohol is full of joy, laughter and exhilarating adventures. So join us as we break the chains and show the world that you can experience true happiness and fulfilment alcohol free. Together we'll explore the highs, the lows and the everyday adventures that come with living alcohol free. Whether you're thinking about going sober, supporting a loved one or simply curious about the possibilities, we're here to share stories of self-discovery and growth. So grab your favourite non-alcoholic drink, kick back and get ready for honest chats, personal tales and a whole lot of inspiration. Join us as we redefine what it means to live a vibrant, fulfilling life without alcohol. Welcome to Be Sober, the podcast that proves sobriety is a cause for celebration. Good morning. Good morning. I just realised I didn't actually test my mic. Is it working? Yeah, I can hear you anyway. I know, but is it good quality? Can you like hear me? Do I sound nice? <laughs> you sound very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how have you been this week? All right, I think. I, you know what? I don't know why I get shocked at this question because I start to think, why, what have I done this week? Do you? It's because you have such busy weekends, I reckon that. Because like your weekends are like a holiday every Saturday, as in a packed day. Oh, honestly, Lisa, online, it looks like you've been away for a week and you've just done an afternoon or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think we went away, Rob and I, in the motorhome this weekend. And it's been the first time this year, you know. We used to go so much and all my memories were popping up and I was like, oh my God, we need to go away. But we've been working, because he's been moving in, we've been working on the house and making the yeah. garden nice. And so it was the first time we went away in the van. And we went and did Coniston Old Man in the our old man of Coniston in the Lake Districts. Oh my God, Alex. Like we both felt like all oh, biddies Sunday morning. So we drove up there first thing Saturday morning. Um got there, did it. And I was saying I actually put it on my Instagram post about hiking and how much I love it. But I really fucking hate it as well. Like, and I go through this process of hiking, right, where we set off and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do a mountain and it's going to be so nice and we're going to get all these beautiful pictures. And then we set off and the incline starts and then Rob walks a bit faster and I go through this full thing, right, of um, everybody's left me to fend for myself. It hates me because he's walking in front and then I'll spot other people walking together and I'm like, he's so selfish, you don't love me anymore. Oh. <laughs> I go through this full like process of hating my life, questioning all my life choices. And then we get about three quarters of the way up and I see the views and I feel the air and I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever. But I always think hiking posts on social media look amazing. Yeah. But it actually, does. it's really hard. And we woke up the day after feeling 90. But I think that's normal. Like, I think we've all got this idea that because we're in our 40s, you've walked up this hill and that's what makes you feel old. But, you know, oh, sorry, a mountain. Apologies. I don't mean to undermine. I don't mean to undermine the mountain. <laughs> but like, I think you get that when you're a kid as well. Yeah. Well, you, do, you, do, you just don't talk about it. Yeah. When you go on these walks, you do see a few huffy puffy kids. Like we took Abel out and he's like seven this weekend with two of his friends. And for us, it wasn't a massive walk, but it was flat and we went through style. But for him, it was five miles, which is quite a long way for little legs. Yeah. And when we got back, he was like, oh, mummy, my legs are sore. But then we just go, oh, you'll be all right. It's growing pains. Yeah, we just ignore it. But then when oh, I you call them growing pains. I had growing pains lots. What? I had growing pains lots when I was a kid and I reckon they were just yeah. aches from walking. I'm quite tall as well. Imagine how painful that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> when people say somebody said it at the rave didn't they we went yeah. to the rave the other day and the first thing they said was oh you're tall and I stopped myself I just kind of smiled nicely and you went I know <laughs> they wanted to go you're joking am I I would never noticed yeah, I wish somebody had told me <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't this tall when I went to bed last night. <laughs> do you want to, um, well, maybe you don't, but I'm going to tell you because I'm going to say, do you want to know what I've been doing? But I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you. So, you know, the doctors we had on here, Laura and Katie, listen to this. This is such a me thing to do. You'll laugh at this. So I I hope you laugh at it now. Otherwise, I'll look oh, all right no. to it. Won't I? Laugh. It. It's like when people say, I'm going to tell you a joke and all I can do is go, it's not going to be funny. <laughs> Like, I hate the pressure of that. Like, you might not laugh, but this is something I would do. So basically, just in case. <laughs> so basically, I was meeting. Um, oh, by the way, if, if people who are watching the video on our app, members, if you saw me looking down, it's because Sarah, our Sarah, is our guest and she was due on a minute ago. And I've texted to say, can you just give us 10 minutes because I'm late again so um that's why she, if you if you saw me looking down that's what I was doing I wasn't just ignoring Lisa I was trying to make some more time for us anyway because I'm late <laughs> anyway so I was supposed to meet Laura and Katie for a chat about my menopause and fitness event in January and she just dropped me a message Laura and said yeah, meet at Panache, which is like a bar slash restaurant, quite a trendy place in Poynton, um, at whatever time it was. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come from work. Um, so we kind of prearranged the date and time. But I was under the impression we were just going to meet with a notepad, have a little chat, get some details, and off you go. No, such a good job, Lisa. I came home and just thought, I'll just put some jeans and a jumper on but otherwise I'd have rocked up in my score I'm telling you right and I just don't know what made me do it it was a full sit down meal and everything no yeah and there were four of us it wasn't just me and Laura it was me Laura Katie and their assistant Suzanne so yeah I was like oh um, I nearly rocked up in my score anyway oh. on this night there was something I wanted to tell you that's quite funny right I've had on the sober rave and oh, on that same that night I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> no, it's not that funny, but this is the bit now. So on, on the Sober Rave and on the night with them, I've had two separate conversations about nipple tassels. Right. <laughs> right. So I had on, on the Sober Rave, a very short backless dress. So I couldn't yeah. wear a bra with it. So I bought those, you know, the nipple covers. Mm -hmm. I thought it was I don't know why I thought this because they sell them in shops but I thought there was only me bought nipple covers I didn't realise that they're a thing thing <laughs> anyway a few people had them on and we were having this you thought the shop sold them just in case <laughs> Alexandria Walker from Be Sober <laughs> wanted some one time <laughs> I just thought it was like a, a 45 year old woman thing to do but clearly not because yeah. some of the younger people also had them on and we had this whole conversation with um one of our manchester ambassador about how nipple covers were probably a better choice than nipple tassels and i was worried that my nipple covers would fall out of the bottom of my dress that was my biggest self-conscious thing <laughs> did i say nipple tassels then i didn't have nipple tassels on just in case i don't no, you had nipple covers on right but anyway I, I had this vision of them falling down I'm sat there with the doctors, completely different crowd. I can kind of handle a conversation about nipple tassels with be sober people. But what then are you um, to say? well, I'm just like more relaxed, more casual. <laughs> yeah, more casual, isn't it? It's like not it's not like a, what I would consider a kind of worky com it's work. We do go to work, but it's not like yeah. a worky conversation in a, that environment. Yeah. Yeah, we're having a lovely little chat. And uh, the two things were mentioned. I'm not going to say by who. So the wonderful doctors, Laura and Katie, don't let this push you off. But we talked about nipple tassels and dick click from Ann Summers. <laughs> Look at your face. I wish everybody could see Lisa's face right now. <laughs> I think just come out. We were, I were just getting over like nipple being spoke about so yeah. much. And then you come out with dick click. 
Yeah, that's that's fucking, like, it's disgusting, isn't it? Can I just say that nobody was recommending it or talking about it? I was going to say, what did the doctor say about that? Is that not a recommendation? No, not a recommendation at all. No, it was just a conversation. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, how can you have two conversations with two completely different crowds of people? And I promise you, on this occasion, I didn't instigate either of them. <laughs> it, they didn't come from me. You know what I love about this? I think these conversations come when you are surrounded by quite authentic people. Like, yeah. so you've gone for a meeting with people and we have this preconception that because the doctors are, because we've gone to a posh bar or because, you know, that the conversation should be a certain way. Yeah. When actually it doesn't matter who or where you are, if you are with genuine, authentic people. Absolutely then that's the kind of conversations that happen. We say this a lot. You know, like when you go to a be sober meetup. Yeah. Or even like a brunch. I know what you're within, going to say. Within 10 minutes, you have the conversations yeah. that used to happen when you were absolutely smashed at two o'clock in the morning in somebody's kitchen and everybody's so open. And then, but the day after, you don't have like all these regrets that you've said too much. But we all say too much. We definitely all we do. Yeah, you just don't regret it because you're saying it sober. And the thing is, as well, that what I, we all ordered non-alcoholic drinks, so we were ordering ginger beers and cokes and things like that. Because yeah. Laura's like eight months sober now; she doesn't drink. That's incredible. You know, so like it yeah. was just really nice to sit down and have genuine belly laughs. And we had a chat about that as well. You know, about nights out sober and how you feel about it. And uh, there might have been the mention of the odd loose cannon and things like that. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like saying to like people who used to drink are, oh, gen right. are generally loose cannons, aren't they? Ah, They're right. A bit wild. Yeah. But yeah, it was honestly, it was dead nice. But the good, the, the well, not only good news, brilliant news as well is we have got an event planned now for January. So I've got my oh, menopause that's... event sorted. Happy days. I'll share more in the groups or something at some point. Yeah, do that. That's good. So what about you? Anything to share? Tell me. Anything new? Oh, I wish you wouldn't put me under this pressure. I'm just waiting for Sarah to come in. Are you bored of me? No, it's because you'd say 10 minutes and now I'm like on a countdown. Come on, come on, come on. Game, game. She that she's in the waiting room waiting for us. No, she's not. She came in, she popped in, no. she popped back out. No, no, I took, she's just, no. she texted back and said, yeah, no props. Right. So, no. Um, let me think then. So this week, I it was my daughter's twenty fifth birthday. I believe you've got a quarter of a century old daughter. I know. That is honestly, that's what I thought. I was like, oh my god, she's like halfway to fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we laughed really inappropriately about how long it had been since Terry had died? Oh, why would you say that? No, but I couldn't believe how many well, years it's been. Yeah, if that's 25, he's been dead like 25 years. 25 years, yeah. How's that even happened? See, I'm smirking again. <laughs> it's like, to me, it's like last year. Anybody that does me? with my stepdad. Yeah. And I don't even know how awful that literally is, by the way. Yeah, but I've done the same this morning. It's like my hamster or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> It, it was somebody very close to me. Who she loved and adored. <laughs> loved an awful lot, yeah. And he loved you back, didn't he? But I was talking about this this morning with, about my dad. I can't believe that I'm saying it's nearly 15 years since he died. Isn't it? It is crazy. But I don't want to well, talk yeah, about Yeah, well, that. I'm glad you took that birthday conversation to how long everyone's been dead. Oh, yeah, uh, let's go back to birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm a little bit scatty today, aren't I? I'm doing a bit of a dum dum dum. I know, I know. I'm just trying to think what else, if anything else. No, we did the sober rave, which was um the self-love rave by DJ Flourish that came on our podcast a while ago. It's a cracking episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and and have a listen because it was really good and it was really nice to see her doing a thing and and I loved I loved most about that was the self-love theme. And I think things like dance places and raves and music can be really, really hard to get out of your head. And I loved that she kind of put the music on and was like, right, don't give a shit about what anybody else is thinking. Yeah. Just 
getting, you know, like being your own body, listen to the music. And she had kind of signs up that were saying like the fuck it. Yeah, so yeah. if you were feeling a bit nervous or anxious, then you could just look up and be like, oh, fuck it. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I really enjoyed I loved meeting up with everybody. Yeah, I enjoyed meeting up with everybody. Really enjoyed it. It was so weird on the, when we were on the way out because me and Fiona left a little bit earlier. Um, they asked us, obviously, how we'd found it and blah, blah, blah. And I was dead honest because I, I I just said it's not really my thing. I'm out of my comfort zone, but I had a really nice night. I've loved the fact that everybody was so free in there. Anyway, they started recording me. I did a video testimonial. Alex, this happened to me, right? And I bet you was okay at this. I bet you were good at it, weren't you? I don't think I was. No, I think I, I got think all nervous and tongue-tied. Right. I I was all right because I was coming out and she said, how was the night? So I was like, oh, my God, we absolutely loved it. It was amazing, uh, blah, blah. And then she put a phone up and said, do you mind if I record it and ask me the question again? Well, yeah, you can't do it twice. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, like the genuine sort of like, you know, I, I feel that if I'm going to give feedback on that, it should be, can I just record you while I ask you a few questions, then ask the question? Because otherwise you've already answered it and you're not oh, actually either. genuinely excited anymore. I don't think this is allowed, but even just record and ask and then say, can I keep it? Because if so, one, if somebody says, can I record it? That's me, a different person. All of a sudden I, I get anxiety. I can't deal with it. Yeah, but um, I don't think you're allowed to go. I've just recorded you. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can. No, I don't think you can. But like to ask the question and then ask it again. Now I'm an actress all of a sudden. I've got yeah, from You're being, not good at pretending stuff, are you? That's what I mean. So now, well, I've got to ask, and honestly, me and Zoe were laughing because she asked me and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then as she was recording, I was like walking out of the, the building like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was great. <laughs> we had a really good night. But we was a good night, wasn't it? It was lovely meeting up with everybody. And there was yeah. a bit for everyone, you know, like the music and the dancing. When that got a little bit too much, you could go into the chill out room and yeah. it was nice. Yeah, really nice. Stuff like that. It was nice. Yeah, it I was. It was. I don't think I've done anything else. Well, it's just as well because Sarah's here. Should we get her in? Yeah, let's get her in. Here she is. Got to do a little intro while she's coming in. Oh, do you want to do that, Army? No, you. That's why I said you. Oh, all right. Okay. So Sarah is our Be Sober head coach. Um, she is also our Surrey ambassador, and she's also our wonderful friend. Hello, Sarah. Hi, lovely to see you today. Hello. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry I'm late. It's completely my fault. It always is, but um, yeah, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Looking very bright and colourful, as always, Sarah. For people that can't see the video, you are definitely missing out today. I'm very grey today. Oh, yeah, look at me as well. I've got a be sober top on, though. Yeah, but I'm like blended in with my wall. <laughs> yeah. You look like your old-fashioned TV in black and white. <laughs> I look a little bit Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard of Oz. We've had, right, I am trying to remember, we have had you on the podcast before, haven't we? Yep, last year sometime, yep. But a lot's happened in a year, hasn't it, Sarah? Oh my God, <laughs> a lot has happened in a year, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely, yes. So we just crack straight on with what's happened to you in the last year, like, because you have had, in fact, before we do the last year, can we just start by our little funny story about Be Wild, as in when you didn't nearly get there? Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, I didn't nearly get there, Um that was May, wasn't it? That seems like a lifetime ago and also yesterday, all at the same time. Um, yes, I had a really epic trip um, up north. I was so oh, excited. Oh, my God. I was so excited to be going. It's, you know, the buzz was just brilliant in the run-up, wasn't it? Yeah. And my car broke down on the M6 Toll Plaza with two um, articulated lorries behind me that were then stuck and couldn't <laughs> reverse out. And I kept two articulated lorries behind me for uh, an hour and a half until the AA arrived to tow me out of the plaza. I didn't know that bit. God, it was a nightmare. And the lovely AA man um, towed me to... Um, a garage relatively nearby 
So by this time, it's kind of 4.30 on a Friday. So the garage was just closing. And am I right in thinking you were like Litchfield way? Yeah, Litchfield it was. Yeah, just outside Birmingham. And so um, they obviously could not order the part that my car needed um, at 4.30 on a Friday. So I was thinking, right, it's fine. How am I going to get to be wild from here? I was still a couple of hours away, I think. And was ringing all the car hire companies and obviously they didn't have cars available at 4.30 on a Friday in Litchfield. And I thought, um, I couldn't get the train home. Um, I had somebody else's bags and camping stuff in the back of my car. And <laughs> this guy in the garage that the AA bloke had taken me to said to me, um, look, hang on a minute, love, I've, I've got a good idea. Something's just occurred to me. Follow me down this back alley, quick, down this <laughs> <laughs> And I turned to the AA man who was still there and I said, look, if I don't come back in 10 minutes, can you call the police, please? I don't know what I'm about to do. <laughs> anyway, the lovely guy in the garage had a friend down a back alley around the corner who had a car that he could lend me for the weekend. And that's how I arrived. <laughs> Honestly, you like I feel like you have loads of bad luck with your cars but also have loads of good results. Oh my God. I, I I have quite a lot of fun seeing where random stuff takes me. I Because <laughs> didn't you break knows? down on the day of our Three Peaks Walk this time last year as well? Oh my God, you're so right. My, um, my <laughs> camper van, it was a blowout of the tyre. And I don't know if you've ever driven a camper van, but they are heavy vehicles to control in a collision situation. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And so that was like 5.30 in the morning um, on the A3. Um, and this time it was actually a member of um, of B, um, of B Sober who I was able to call, who was on her way as well. And Same I, friend, I'm sure. Same friend who you it's nearly left without camping gear, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm suddenly questioning why I'm friends with her or she's friends with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it all turned out all right. So, you know, these things, these things just happen. It is life just being lifey, isn't it? You know what I love about that, though, Sarah, is, and you might not be on the inside, but you just seem to handle things like that so well. So even like when you turned up on the Friday night at Be Wild and was like, oh, and you just like kind of came in really calm, really graceful. Like, how do you do that? Um, That is a good question. So it's funny, isn't it, how we perceive ourselves and then how when we hear how somebody else um, is looking at us, I think I... I cannot, I do not, I don't get in a flap about stuff because I do not enjoy watching other people in a flap. Yeah. And so I think I'm quite conscious in lots of areas of my life of giving out what I like to receive. And when I see other people in panic situations, my reaction is to... um, physically and emotionally go to the other extreme and be in a place of and deep breath and you know I I think it's a really really solid belief that we are okay I am okay you are okay we can look like we are in the middle of a complete and utter shitstorm but if we are standing here right now looking at each other in the eyes we're okay do you know, Sarah, one of my clients yesterday said to me, and, and she's having a quite a rough time at the moment, which I won't go into, but she said to me, it's all going to be okay in the end. And I really believe that if it's not okay, it's not the end. And I thought, wow, yeah, what a powerful sort of outlook to have. Yeah. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing. Good. Yeah. Great story, that. And it's a, it is a great way to be. Ta- Speaking of not okay, ca- can we go there with the other? Yeah, absolutely. We can go there. Yeah, yeah. 2023, within two weeks of it starting, I thought, yeah, this is not the year I thought I was going to have. <laughs> and it was a pretty, um, 
a pretty unexpected start to the year. Um, I had found a lump in my breast at the end of 2022 and pretty much thought nothing of it. Um, it wasn't my first rodeo with mammograms, ultrasounds. I've found lumps in the past and they've always um, come to nothing. They've um, um, been no further action, nothing to worry about. And so I just thought I was going down that road again. And I did have that moment of thinking, oh, I will maybe I won't bother seeing the doctor because I know that in the past it's been nothing and I might be wasting the doctor's time, but I am so glad um, I didn't continue down that thought process. Um, went to see the doctor, got um, booked in um, for a mammogram um, and I had a biopsy on the same an ultrasound and a biopsy on the same day, which again I had had before. Um, and the lump didn't actually show on the mammogram. Um, so we knew it was there because it could be felt um, and obviously showed on the ultrasound. And yeah, I found myself having surgery um, on the, I think it was the 3rd of January um, and thought, okay, well, hopefully that's that's that dealt with with we thought that it could, you know, would just be a situation of of having the lump removed, um, and and it wasn't. Um, I ended up with further surgery. I think it was about March, April time. Um, in the meantime, we'd lost our our gorgeous, gorgeous family dog. Um, we lost Baxter right at the beginning of January, and in all of that time. Um, it's funny you you saying, Lisa, about, you know, feeling, looking like you're calm on the, um, on the outside. I definitely remember opening the door time and time again to people who were calling by to see how I was, dropping in to, I don't know, drop stuff off, do, do kind and gorgeous and lovely things. Um, and watching other people fall apart in front of me was about your situation about my situation yeah was such a difficult thing to um, keep on processing and it's it's funny because obviously earlier on this morning we were talking about it completely unrelated to this we were having conversations about people unexpectedly turning yeah, up yeah, I was just thinking then I hope they yeah. rang first <laughs> <laughs> drop these gifts off <laughs> yeah 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 and um the really unexpected thing in all of that was hearing people who I know love me and care for me, but almost needing to get their stuff off their chest about how much they loved me and what I meant to them. Yeah. So it, at times it felt a little bit like being a bystander in your funeral. Oh, where that's awful. Yeah, I that. Oh, my God. Where somebody might be reading you a bit of their eulogy, where they need to get off yeah. their chest. Oh, my God, Sarah, I've just got to quickly tell you about the funniest thing that we ever did together. Or do you remember when we did? And... And it's really um, quite heavy stuff to take hold of because it comes at you really quickly, one after the other, one after the other. And people were expect. I, I think there was an expectation that um, I was not either processing what was going on for me or I hadn't got a grip or I was... Um, not accepting of my situation because I kept on saying, "Oh, I'm fine," and so people. Yeah, I was going to say when that yeah. Sarah, when when you called me, this can I just tell you how Sarah told me? Hi, um, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I found a lump, and it turns out that it is going to need surgery, and I am going to need radiotherapy. How are you? And it was like, <laughs> can we just reverse a bit, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and I think that people say things, you, you know, I definitely was on the receiving end of, oh, oh, okay, yeah, it, it hasn't sunk in for you yet. Or, oh, I think you're probably a bit in denial or I think you probably can't, aren't quite coping with the news. And I wanted to keep on going, do you know what? I, I am fine. I am okay. You know, 
I the expectation I think that you might fall apart a bit or you might you know might all come undone at the seams or whatever um one of my absolute favorite um moments in the whole unraveling of that that made me laugh louder than anything else was um the day after we'd um lost Baxter and so everything was I'd been in and out of hospital. I'd had a particularly tricky time with the consultant that that I was seeing at the time. And um, I'd been given misinformation and and also been given some wrong information. And and it was all a little bit um, bit difficult. Um, Mr. W's dad phoned um, the day after we'd we'd lost Baxter and um, Stewie was taking the phone call and um he I don't think he was on loudspeaker but but I was in the kitchen and could hear his dad um chatting in the background and his dad still hi hi oh oh how are you um you know we're so worried and and Stu was saying oh oh dad it is just awful we're we're so devastated we just don't know what to do with ourselves it's it's so upsetting you know all four of us just we we just keep on bursting in into tears we'll get back to our chat shortly but first let us tell you about be sober at be sober you'll find a supportive community of like-minded people who understand and support you energize your mind and body with our fitness sessions discover the power of mindfulness with be sober yoga engage in vibrant discussions workshops and support groups with thriving zooms Be Sober really is the ultimate community, whether you're sober for a short time, contemplating it, or have long-term goals of making meaningful connections. It's a place where you can find your tribe and create lasting friendships. Take the first step towards an empowered and connected sober lifestyle. Join us today at besoberofficial.com. We just don't even know how to describe it. We're so, so upset about Baxter. <laughs> I was asking about Sarah. I worried about Sarah. It's <laughs> the case that all four of us were devastated about the dog and really couldn't give them monkeys. My diagnosis or the impact or any of that. So I think in a way it was all diluted at the time because our emotions were heightened about uh, something that felt like a huge loss and a massive grief for us all as a family. Um, and the point at which my second surgery was done and then I knew I was facing radiotherapy, I think physically um, I did start to feel very um I suppose, tired because it had felt like um, it had been going on, you know, for a lot of the year by that point. Um, And I remember the radiologist saying to me, or, you know, one of the main side effects about radiology will be um, tiredness. It it is, people find it very exhausting. And um, I remember thinking to myself, Yeah, you know, obviously he has to say that to everyone, but I'm probably about 20 years younger than most people who are having this treatment. Um, You know, I'm 45, I'm otherwise fit and healthy and I look after myself and let's not forget I don't drink. These are all of the positive good things that are beneficial. So, you know, it's not going to affect me like that. I won't be tired. And oh my God, I was completely knackered. <laughs> was right. And it turns out I'm entirely human. <laughs> and things like that affect me the same as everyone else. So yeah, it was a hell of a start to the year. Oh, Sarah, that is a hell of a start to the year. Is, and you kind of just like pick up on it about what you were saying about how other people speak to because it's really difficult, this, isn't it? For like obviously for you, but for how people react. And I've just recently had um an, a, an old friend of mine, I'm not seen her for quite a long time. And she wrote on her Facebook um, just the other day, she'd been going through a hospital appointment and she's just found out that she has um, a brain, tu- an inoperable brain tumour. And 
I literally did not know what to say. But I don't like, think you do. I, I, I know I get that. And I think, but when you were saying people kind of want to talk about the memories, because it does, when you hear news like that, it kind of triggers your memories that you have with them. But it must be so hard. Like, so what I kind of want to ask you is, what would be a good thing? What did you want to hear at that time? Um, oh, what did you hear that was good? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I can answer both of those questions. But before both of those questions, I would say this. Um, I have certainly this year been less afraid to freak my friends out a bit more by telling them yeah. in general, you know, with relation to nothing else, um, what I value in them, that I love them, that, you know, the time we spend together is really important, that um, definitely I've got a particular friend who um, is very wedded to the kind of busy story, you know, about how, you know, we don't see each other as much because everyone is really busy all the time. And more and more I just call bullshit on that like stop talking about this busyness thing it's it's not true for me I am never too busy to spend time to put an hour aside to do the coffee do the dog walk do whatever the thing is let's not talk about that let's actually take the action um so number one I would say if I can say the things out loud in conversation from a place of just everyday affection for people, then I know that this is feeling easier for me because, you know, here's a cheerful thought. Any one of us could be run over tomorrow by a bus and it would have been better to have said some of that stuff before it, it mattered. Um, I think the things that were most useful for me to say were for me to say that I was okay and to not be dismissed. But so it, I was grateful when people didn't say things like, are you, are you sure? You know, aren't you a bit in denial? Oh, I hate that. That's irritating me when you said not you, but that would be something that would... <laughs> You're irritating me, Sarah. Get off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would really get me because I feel like as an adult and and as a sober one, right, you are a lot more aware of your own mind and your own being. So for people to kind of be doubting that and saying that, that would piss me right off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I think it's that, I think I could have fallen into a bit of a trap and I would have seen it as a trap of expecting myself to do an, a performance of a person with cancer. Yeah. Um, because we get to see in movies and on the TV and read in books, you know, how people dealt with and you won't know your reality Um you can't possibly imagine how you're going to feel and and be surprised by other people's reactions. Um, certainly I had quite, I, I would say what is not nice to receive is anything that looks like, oh my God, oh shit, oh, you know, panic stations yeah. is deeply unhelpful and sets off a bit of a, a reaction in me, certainly. Um I think the stuff that felt really good was people picking up the very ordinary, um, you know, th those people who I regularly go for a dog walk with or have a coffee with just didn't change anything about that, just kept that exactly as it always was. Um, lovely, lovely things to receive were people's... Um, I had several of those fabulous lasagnas on the doorstep that I will always love that kind of gifting. Um, somebody, a, a friend of a, a friend, a friend knows who my um, cleaner is and paid my cleaner um, for a couple of visits during that time, put the money through my cleaner's These door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, so much more. <laughs> what about the kind of friends that actually get more curious about what's gone on surgery-wise and actually ask, can they see? <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
I've, I've got I've got a friend who's got a really quite scientific mind, and uh, <laughs> it was so funny. I I think that thing of so having had lots of conversations with the surgeon about reconstructive surgery, you know, about how you feel about your body afterwards, and all all of this stuff. What I looked like post surgery, I thought, ah, do you know what? I'm, uh, you know, I can still change my mind at any point. I may or may not go down the reconstructive route or not I don't know two surgeries have had an impact on what I look like though and um so when we were there at Be Wild and I was saying to you you know you you were asking both of you obviously how I was actually feeling physically and emotionally you know I'm standing in front of you I obviously look fairly normal um and I said oh you know but definitely my boob looks a lot different than it did before and and one of you said to me oh oh I'm really curious I'd love to see what it looked like and so I said would you yeah but what you're yes, not adding we would. yes we would <laughs> and then what you're not adding to that but what I'm going to do is right I'll show you it's only fair that I see yours that was your response Sarah you've got to own that <laughs> yeah, I've never shown my boob to anybody well not what? anybody but I mean like I weren't one of them drunk people that used to show flash the boobs that was a big no-no for me so to then do it sober is just like <laughs> <laughs> a three-way boob share. <laughs> three-way boob share. I think it worked out fine for all of us in the end. It was fine. We all realised we all looked very different and all are variations of normal. <laughs> True body positivity at work. <laughs> True body positivity. I yeah. I you're dead right, Lisa. I've never willingly shown my boobs sober um, for for any friend before <laughs> before now. So yeah, it was liberating. Can I ask you a question? This is a little bit of a sort. I don't even know if you've even thought. Well, I do know you've thought about this. Sure you have. But um, the whole, you know, breast cancer is highly linked. And I don't think people realise it to alcohol consumption, isn't it? How annoyed on a scale of one to ten are you that you're sober with (laughs) breast cancer, Sarah? Um, Ten out of ten annoyed about that. I think (laughs) it's really, really bastard irritating. I, I very definitely would have had my feet in the camp of once I I was sober talking about you know all of the physical emotional spiritual benefits of of being so and and I probably would have just brushed past um our, our breast cancer risk being massively heightened by drinking alcohol because it never was going to affect me was it so I didn't need to speak about that that wasn't going to be any kind of big deal it feels um I, I think just bastard annoying is the right description um <laughs> in in this moment because um I think I might have liked to have get got to a point one day in my old age where I might have said ha I didn't have breast cancer and that was almost certainly due to the fact that I stopped drinking so clever me um yeah. And I'm not going to have that opportunity. Um, But I feel like I have an extra layer now of reporting that I am able to do back in the field. (laughs) And I was just going to say that. Is that something you now took? Because you've started doing a lot of public speaking this year. And is this the story you share? Um, Actually, I haven't so much shared about the cancer in my public speaking yet because it's been a little bit raw still. Yeah. Um, and I think... Well, thank you for sharing with us on here then. <laughs> this feels... Well, this is just a conversation amongst this friends. This is the premiere. <laughs> <laughs> World exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I feel honoured. <laughs> we've seen it and now we're hearing it. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. it first. <laughs> um, and I think at some point it, it's absolutely is a part of a, a bigger story. Um, certainly, I'm really happy talking about it in situations like this. I, I suppose what I'm saying is I'm still making some of the sense in the back of my mind around it. And and whilst I don't feel any guilt around my drinking related to this mm-hmm. as an outcome, 
I'm still, um, I suppose, um, laying down my story and finding out what I do really think about um, some elements surrounding it, thinking about my sadness in the medical um, arenas, you know, the conversations that haven't been had with me about drinking and and I know you know how careful um some human beings are around the sensitivity around alcohol and um not wanting to appear judgmental but just actually how much power we could bring to this story and actually that this narrative could look a lot different to us and would I I have listened to anybody more seriously I'm suggesting the answer is probably no. But if 10 years ago, somebody had been saying to me, look, there's a real solid reason as to why you should be considering drinking a bit less. And it is to do with getting breast cancer. How do you feel about that? I would have said I'm in my mid thirties. I'm indestructible. I feel completely fine about it. It's not going to happen to me. Actually, that does make me feel differently about the story that I tell to people coming behind us and actually what level of honesty I am prepared to stand by. I've I've still got a positive story to tell you. I'm still not going to tell you everything went to hell in a handcart, but I think we could do each other a favour by being more honest about it. Really good point. Really good point. It's a really good point. And like you say, it's just not discussed that much. Do you remember when um, there was quite a big public thing for coffee mornings and they were advertising for, and they were like, but what was it cancer research? It was Macmillan, Macmillan, I thought. Macmillan, yeah. Macmillan. And they were advertising and it infuriates me to this day. It actually infuriates me because they also advertised the cake. So sugar is another really bad thing. But they actually had Prosecco glasses on the adverts and on the pictures and showed pictures of women chasing with Prosecco. Like, how bad is that, really? You know, Lisa, we have um, there was a fundraiser around here in Bramall on Monday night on the same topic for cancer research. And it was the Think Pink stuff. And they were a bottomless bottomless brunches and I'm going and I actually one of my clients has recently recovered from breast cancer and I was actually having this conversation with her she no she no longer drinks because of the medication she's on doesn't want to do it anyway but I was like you know how annoying is it when you see people advertising alcohol to raise money for the thing that or one of the risk factors it's it's mad. I don't mean that. I've said it. I didn't quite make sense there, but you know what I mean. They they're advertising alcohol, selling alcohol, which is one of the risk factors for the thing they're raising money to prevent. Yeah, it's, it's just not backward. Yeah, 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 yeah. It drives me mad. Yeah, I think it was. I think it might have been at the beginning of last year. I sent a an email to one of those charities and said how. Um, contradictory it was advertising if you did one of their challenges at the end you got a medal and a glass of fizz yeah it was last year yeah uh, and I said you are promising people a glass of um, something that causes cancer to raise money for curing and researching we've got to change it haven't we? we've got to change this whole like acceptance you know I think you put a post on your social media earlier this week didn't you Lisa about normalizing states and you're so glad that you don't get um some of the was it you that did it or you had like a, a, a little video of somebody with the hungover and various bits oh of- yeah, yeah yeah i did yeah, yeah. It, it just drives me insane i went to um a group the other week and there was some a weight loss group and there was some women there and they'd hosted a coffee morning brunch for cancer research and they'd all come they'd all like put on a couple of pounds and blamed it on this coffee morning that consisted all morning of cake and they literally went on to talk about how many bottles of wine they had between them all and I was sat there like sat on my hands and it, it I wasn't in a position to kind of shout out and be like did you know do you know what I mean because I didn't want to come across as really judgy but it really stuck with me all day like 
how can we approach this without I suppose sounding judgmental because it's education isn't it it's people aren't doing this on purpose they're not I don't know. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. When I told somebody about the sober rave, they likened it to a game of football without the ball. And I was like, no, the music's still on. What? Like, why are we seeing alcohol as the focal point of the rave as opposed to the music and the celebration, which it's supposed to be? That that's an, it's just so, it's so telling. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the whole thing around have have we forgotten how to celebrate each other and celebrate achievements and do lovely things that that don't involve alcohol or or you know the cake or the sweets or whatever because years ago you know we we might just have got together and and had had the cup of tea or I, I don't know you know we there are so many things that we have to have made into a bigger event and and I think now I know this is slightly off topic but the school that my boys used to go to one of the badges on the school outside um the school was a, a healthy eating badge and it used to really wind me up that always for the kids birthdays which ha- you know 30 odd kids in a year so that's clearly more birthdays a month that's a lot of birthdays you bring in the class cakes or you know packets of sweets or whatever what happened to just saying to the kid woohoo it's your birthday today happy birthday and singing happy birthday to them or having a playground pulling the hair or pulling the hair (laughs) it is such it is such a way and i mean let's not forget I'm pretty sure I can own this and I'm, I'm pretty sure you both do as well. We were part of that normalising culture before we knew oh better. God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Which makes us in really good position to be able to, to judge it, of course. <laughs> or makes us really, really irritating to other people. Or both. Yeah. We're like ex-smokers, you know, the ones that go, oh, do you not have your you- own? It must be so irritating. I rang my son the other day and he drinks heavily on weekends. Um, and he was at he was at work and I rang him and I was like, Hi, you're right. He's like, Oh, I'm just real, I'm not very well. So I was like, Oh, that that'll be because of the weekend. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I could just be really ill, Mum. And I'm like, Well, you're ill every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, you can, you can, but not every week. <laughs> Before um, we kind of close up, I wanted you to chat a little bit to us about your book, Sarah, if that's oh, all right. Yeah, yeah cause let's, let's, Have you got a copy there to show for the people who can see? Yeah, here it is. For anyone who can't, you're not allowed to get the book. <laughs> no, tell us about the book. What's it called and where can you get it? Well, 2023 has been a year of highs and lows that is that is yeah. for sure and and drink less live better has has been one of the highs um so it is available in all of the places that books are sold um and it's available um as an ebook a kindle book or as a paper book and i shall be recording the audible version um later your on. voice yeah yay oh. Um, so I'd had the idea for it probably at some point last year and really what I had started to recognise was was that I had so many different resources, so many different um, bits of story, bits of wisdom, um, over a hundred podcast episodes with snippets and tools and models that I knew had been all useful in different ways for different clients at different times. And I was thinking, "Mm, there's probably some way of putting together all of these, these good resources in one place. What on earth could that possibly be oh what about a book um and so it is a book of short chapters um i would say it's um wisdom gained insight gleaned um personal stories um it's sort of divided into into four um sections that i hope make it make it readable um and make sense it's sort of split into the areas of that awareness where we first come to that place where we discover that perhaps alcohol isn't doing all of the things that we thought it might be doing for for us 
coming to a place of acceptance in that, then taking action towards the change that we want, and then finding that place of alignment where we're either developing into the person that we want to be next or focusing on our our future goals, um, ambitions and intentions. Um, When I wrote it originally, it was thinking about not drinking. But after the book was finished, I then recognised that actually so much of it could be applied to anything in life. You could take a goal, any goal you like, and read through each of the sections in the book and apply it to um, whatever was important to you at the time. Um, So I wrote the book in the four days in between Christmas and New Year. Just threw it out there. Threw it together like a little dissertation. Can I just go back? And I know I don't even know whether I'm supposed to say this, Sarah, but I'm gonna do. So if it does, if it like takes you off the shelf, but it's funny. Um, the very first time that we found out you were gonna write a book, your biggest fear was becoming a book wanker. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely true. And here I am. (laughs) What a book wanker. I thought, oh, God, I just don't want to be one of those people that's written a book. Oh, no, how insufferable. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I just say you're not a book wanker. You're really not. You're amazing. <laughs> what kind of feedback have you had, Sarah? Oh, my God. This was a complete unexpected joy. This was the stuff that I never knew. Caught in another book wanker there, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Catherine you are not a book wanker (laughs) no book wankers were harmed in the making of this episode counselling was freely given afterwards (laughs) Um, it has been a total joy getting people's DMs and photos people all over the summer were sending me their pictures of the book on holiday you know in lovely places around the world where they'd taken it away or pictures of them reading the book with their you know in a cafe or on the sofa with their dog um and telling me their little snippets of what they found really useful or you know what they thought was particularly pertinent to them that has been so so lovely and I think once it was out there in the world I recognized then you know anything else from this point onwards is is out of my control um hopefully if people like it I might get to hear about that or I might not and hopefully if people don't like it they will not tell me any of that news flash they can keep that to themselves um but it's all been really positive it's been such a a nice feeling for me and and I didn't expect to be particularly I I didn't think I would have ego type feelings attached to it but it's just been lovely hearing people say the the different bits that have meant something particularly importantly to to them yeah oh it's amazing and I, and we do get it I mean we've always said we will never write a book but our egos do want to don't they Lisa they do want to no no, no you know what I'm I'm too like my mind is too busy to write a book not me I mean my mind I wouldn't know how to like organize it onto pages yeah now that came afterwards so mine was a this resource is here in this file this resource is in a podcast episode that like everything was scattered around like a massive jumble sale so all I did was put 50,000 words I know know that sounds like all I did I feel a bit anxious that it was all over the place yeah yeah all I did was get all of those resources into one document and it was after it was in one document that I then thought ah are there are actually four sections here and I hadn't recognized that there were four sections before and it was only once everything was on the page that I realised that it could then actually be spread out and divided up into um, a particular pattern. Oh, it's amazing, Sarah, you've done it. I can't believe you did it in four days. 
I think that is the beauty of um, being the kind of person who gets cross about stuff sitting around. So once I decided I was going to do it, it was just a case of, right, I'm just going to do it now. And then it's, that was not the end or, you know, it took a further six months. Yeah, but uh, down there, that's, that is going that, Sarah. <laughs> right, I want to ask you, um, we have been asking people to write in with questions. Mm-hmm. So like a little bit of a agony, agony ant type thing. Um, so I'm going to read this question that we've got today. And this time it is from a female because we didn't know last time. So this is from a female. Hi, Lisa and Alex and Sarah. I have found telling people that I don't drink to be really challenging, especially when people assume you've struggled with alcohol addiction. How can I navigate these assumptions and judgments when telling people I don't drink? I mean, my relationship was problematic, but not to the extent of pouring vodka on my cornflakes. So I want to find a way to communicate that I don't drink without being labelled as an alcoholic. Any advice on how to approach this would be greatly appreciated. Good one, isn't it? I think. It's a good one, isn't it? I love that. The, how many times do you hear that? I'm, I'm, don't put vodka on the complex. <laughs> We've all said it. We've all said it. Um, I think I would start off by lovingly telling that person that what other people think is none of our business. And, yeah. and actually, we are never in control of what other people are thinking, feeling, or doing, we can try to influence them. And, and that is as far as we can go with that. Um, I would say that it's a fabulous self-confidence piece about finding where you can come to um, in a place of self-acceptance and self-confidence around owning and claiming your non-drinking you're sober whatever your your word that feels good for you is um and letting go a little bit that from what other people may or may not think and and certainly I have done everything from either end of the scale and everything in between I've gone from over explaining and telling people all the ways in which I was not considering myself to be an alcoholic and giving a waitress in a restaurant, you know, a 20 paragraph backstory about why I was organizing, ordering a lime and soda to the other extreme of, you know, absolutely viewing it as none of anybody else's business um, and not giving anything away. Um, But, I think this, and and I I hate it that this might sound like a bit of a platitude, but I think it gets easier. It does. It does. It gets easier to tell people to just mind their own business, and I think that's that's what I would take from what you've just said. That's what I'd be saying. Mind your own business. <laughs> I agree that I think we don't owe anybody an explanation. We don't, but I, I don't tell people as much as I used to do it. And it's taken over five years to get to this point where I don't feel the need, like you said, to give them this full explanation. Mm-hmm. But I do love sharing and talking about it because I think it plants seeds. So I'm really happy and confident to tell people the reasons why I don't drink because I don't think it was serving me because I was sick of hangovers. For, sometimes I find myself saying things that I think would massively relate to them and changing my story to whoever's asked me. <laughs> so if I know for a fact they only have a couple of glasses, I'll go into a thing of like, you know, just even one glass a night can make such a difference to your sleep. Or if I know they've been drinkers I'll go through that oh I'm just sick of waking up hungover but that's kind of the people pleaser I suppose in me but I like I do like to plant seeds and I do like to tell people because I think it I think it helps but also we do not know anybody or anybody an explanation and you can just say none of your business or I'm just drinking to be healthy or whatever I, I definitely you you saying that reminds me of a friend um that I've been friends with for more than 20 years who's n- never ever drunk and I remember 
10 years ago, I went through a phase of needling her about it where I would be saying to her, go, you know, go on, tell, you know, I know we've known each other ages, but go oh, on. So you're doing the pissed eye there, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I would have been doing. Um, you know, tell me again and, and needing every now and again, needing more of an explanation from her about it. Um, and now I look back, I know it's because I wanted to follow in her footsteps, but I didn't yeah. know how. And yeah. so she really kindly never ever did give me short shrift she and you know it was a long time coming still the other side of that but I now look back and I'm really grateful to her that she always was honest with me she always did spare me the time and and didn't dismiss me um so I think sometimes we can think that other people are nosy and don't know how to mind their own business but but also there could be that ulterior motive of I'm seeing you do something really fabulous and I've got no bloody idea why or how to get anywhere near you um, yeah, I think that's why it's important to share. I, I do. I am a big believer in sharing loud and proud me when you're not drinking because the amount of inboxes I used to get when I stopped, they wouldn't comment on the post that I was writing, but I got a lot of DMs about I would love to be able to do, which is how the sober experiment really started. Yeah, it is. It were easier to put it into 30 days than to keep replying. To answer 30 DMs a day. (laughs) (laughs) It brings us, I think, that brings us nicely into our usual question, Lisa. Are you asking it? Yes, Sarah. As you well know, our motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. So what we'd like to ask you today is what do you, which one of them do you most relate to right now and why? I think today I'll go with be brave um, and and that is directly related to the conversation that, that we've just had yeah. and I recognise that it would be really easy for me to tell a story um, from a place of um, this is um, that's one of those phrases that I absolutely hate. You know, when people say it is what it is. and when <laughs> I say that, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that actually this year has taken some courage. This year has taken a bit of digging deep in a way that I didn't know um, was going to to happen and and pan out. So I choose be brave today and and I'm okay about claiming that. You are one of the bravest people I know. (laughs) I was literally just going to say that. You really are one of the bravest people that I know as well. You really are. I'm glad you're owning it. Yeah, me too. Thank you for coming on, Sarah. We love you. And we'll speak to you probably in about half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. See you later. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We really do appreciate your support. So to stay updated with our latest episodes, be sure to follow or subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to share the Be Sober Love with your friends, helping us reach even more people. If you're interested in learning more about the impactful work we do, or you want to become part of our incredible Be Sober community, visit our website at besoberofficial.com. There you'll find all the information you need and discover how you can get involved. We look forward to welcoming you into our community of changemakers. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober. sober.